Hello, Rare Diamonds, and thank you so much for clicking on this episode, for listening in. Please follow the podcast, uh, share the podcast. Um, The new year is on the horizon. 2024 is right around the corner. Um, I think you deserve a pat on the back for making it through 2023. Uh, You know, you had to make a lot of decisions um, as we do always, uh, in 2024, there's going to be more decisions to make. And this is episode 84 and it's called enteric brain decisions, decisions. Before I dive into this, I want to share a little story time about a decision I made on Friday night. So On Friday night, I decided to go to the Catch One, that's a club in Los Angeles, to go and see an artist uh, by the name of Shelby Swain. She's a rap artist. Uh, She has a really large uh, following. You know, she's on the rise. She's not, um, I don't believe she's platinum or anything like that, you know, or gold, but she is on the rise. Um, And she does have the interest of... um, Amber Rose and um, I saw that SZA is actually following Shelby Swain. If you want to follow Shelby Swain, you can at the Shelby Swain. Now, she might not be your taste. I don't know because she got a whole stripper vibe. (laughs) So, I mean, but she's very funny. She's a whole comedian. Like if you're sad and you listen to her, she will cheer you up. Okay. Um, So anyway, I was at the club and everything in the club was telling me that this woman was not going to perform today. Let me tell you why. So, um, the, the, um, the, the promotional, uh, um, the promo said that, you know, show starts at nine o'clock and the venue opens at nine o'clock. Right. So I get there around nine 30 and there's nobody there. Like I'm the first one there. And I'm thinking like, why am I the first one here? Like she has a, a really large following, you know, it's pretty large. Um, and I'm like, I'm the only one here. This what? So it's empty. So I'm like, okay, well, let me find somewhere to charge my phone. Let me chill and, you know, wait around. So, you know, it it gets, it's like 10 o'clock PM and there's still no one there. You know, you got the DJ there playing the music and things like that. Um, You do have, I did see like maybe about, it was about maybe four or five other people there. And I'm like, damn, it's 10 o'clock and four or five people are here. Like, that's weird. I'm confused, you know? And mind you, where she was selling her um, apparel, they turned the lights off. They turned the lights off where she was selling her apparel. And I'm like, why did they turn the lights off? I'm like, she must not be performing or something tonight. So it's like 1030, 1045, still nobody's there. Like there's like three or four people in there. You know, some people come in, some guys come in and then some guys leave. They came in and then they left. 
And I'm like, wow, there's, I'm just confused because I'm just like, Shelby Swain is performing and I'm here to other people over there. They're here. They're here. You know, a couple people. But I'm like, it's getting it's getting late. It's almost 11 o'clock. I mean, that's still kind of early for a club, but for somebody not for people not to be at the Shelby Swain Christmas after dark party is like weird to me. So I'm like, I started thinking, you know what? Oh no, maybe I should leave, you know, cause I'm looking around and nobody's here and he turning lights off. And so I started figuring, you know, Hey, I'm just going to leave. So I decide to leave. Right. And so I left, it was probably around 11, I want to say 20, 25, 11, 30 or something like that. I decide to vacate the premises. <laughs> so this morning, actually yesterday, I went to um, Shelby Swain's um, Instagram page to see if she posted any shows and, and whatnot. So I did find some things, but not much. But this morning I went back again and I looked in her story. And the, the, the show went up. The show was lit. I don't know where all those people came from. They, the party must have went up right after I left. I don't know how it went up that strong like that after I left. Because it was so many people there. It was, you know, a nice... Because the venue wasn't huge. It wasn't a very huge venue. It was a venue that you could easily pack out. Like, you, it's a venue with maybe... I'm thinking maybe 200 people could fit in that venue uh, top, you know, uh, max. So the people were there. Her dancers was there. She was on stage. The whole show went up, you know. So with that being said, decisions are not easy to make. You know, we're gathering information. We're gathering data we're trying to make the best decision for ourselves, for our lives. And we have to learn not to have any regrets about a decision that we made. Um, what we need to do is uh, learn from it. Like, what did that teach me? I had to ask myself, what did that teach me? Because I was so disappointed. Like, I was so disappointed. And you guys don't even know what it took for me to even get there. <laughs> you know, you just don't know. And I'm not going to go into it. But... I got there and what did I learn? I just learned that decisions are not easy to make. And I also learned that everything could be um, looking like it's not going to happen. It could be looking like it's over, you know, and, you know, based on what we see, we make a decision, you know, but even with that being said, you know, um, uh, just learning that, um, you know, we're we're trying to make the best decision in the moment, you know, for our lives. And the decision that we make, we feel like it's the best one in that moment. You know, we feel like it's the best decision that we could possibly make in that moment for ourselves, no matter what it is, whether we're choosing to be alone or, you know, we cut off a, a, a friend of, of 25 years or uh, we decide to get a divorce. We decide to, you know, um, break up with someone. You know, whatever the decision is, we decide, you know, we decide to spend, uh, you know, uh, 
$5,000 on this new, uh, you know, way to make money. And we end up not being able to make the money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But in the moment, we thought that we were trying to make the best decision. And we just can't live in regret. The reason why we should not live in regret is, first of all, regret is not a good feeling to, to have. It's not any a desired emotion, you know, regret. Um, you know, it's this feeling of, I wish I should have made a different decision. And see, we can never go back to the past. We just can't go back to the past. So we have to think about what we're going to do moving forward. How, what decisions are we going to make moving forward? We have to learn from the decision that we make or that we made, you know, and, and try not to, you know, make efforts not to live in regret, you know, uh, make efforts not to cry for years over spilled milk, you know, and some situations are bigger, you know, people take huge losses, you know, from decisions that they make. Um, and we have to be able to process it all depending on, you know, the loss, you know, um, that we take or the, the, the bad decision that we make. It may take some time to get over making that kind of decision. You know, mine was just, I left the club, but I was just so disappointed. <laughs> you know, I was very disappointed. And um, I had to just ask myself, what did I learn from it? You know, so, you know, thinking about what we learned from it is important so that we can try to make a different kind of decision later, you know. So um, moving on, I want to give a shout out to KCR. I want to give a shout out to KCR0616. And I think 06 is her birthday, June so I think it's June 16th. And I don't know this person personally, but we do follow each other on social media. Never met her. Um, I want to give her a shout out. What she did was she was kind enough to take a moment to answer my Q&A uh, for episode um, 83, uh, Trouble in Paradise, uh, what to do when your relationship is on the rocks. Um, so... Uh, the question, let's see, the question was, um, you know, how do you think a relationship recovers after being on the rocks? And she said that it can, the, she says the relationship can recover if the two people are willing to work for it. You know, simple and plain, you got two people, two people have to be on board to water this relationship to work for the relationship, especially like if you have a goal to be in a relationship, like you want to be in a relationship and um, you find um, this relationship worthy of investment, worthy of putting in the work, then go for it. You know, she also said, make it work, which was interesting to me, <laughs> you know, make it work, make it work because how do you make a relationship work? You know, make it work. Um, there's many ways that you can make a relationship work. But when she said make it work, I don't know. The way it hit my soul, it was interesting because, you know, nowadays 
you know, this Zen relation, uh, this Zen generation, this, the Zen generation, they are zero tolerance. They promote walking away from things that are not serving you. They want to, uh, they don't chase, they attract. And they may feel like, you know, maybe I'm kissing ass or maybe I'm trying, I'm trying too hard to pull this together, you know, but it was actually refreshing to hear someone say, make it work. You know, uh, it brings me to a thought about the movie Friday. You know, I don't know if you've seen that movie Friday uh, with Ice Cube and uh, Chris Rock. But anyway, um, in the movie, uh, Smokey, a character in the movie, Smokey was like, um, his mom asked him to go to the store and buy her some cigarettes. And she gave him like $2. And he was like, this ain't enough. And she said, you know what? Make it enough. <laughs> you know, she looked at him. She was on the phone too. And she looked at him and she said, make it enough. And you know, and he left and he made it enough. You know, sometimes we have to make things work. And you know what? Um, this generation though, they just, um, I feel that, you know, I can tell that she's from that uh, KCR um, 0616 is really from my generation, you know, because um, we're from a generation where, you know, we may, we, we kind of believed in, you know, hard work, you know, it pays off, you know, hard work pays off and, and, you know, making things, um, you know, making a friendship work, you know, we have to make things work. Um, but this generation, they are not, I just don't believe that this Zen generation is into making things work. They into manifesting stuff. <laughs> That's what they do. They sit on the couch. I'm not trying to make $50,000. I'm not trying. I'm just going to manifest 50, 50 G's. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, they're into manifesting. They're not into like, I don't think this generation, if I'm wrong, you know, send me an email at heartrepairpodcast at gmail.com and say, you know what? You're wrong. Uh, you know, I feel that this Zen generation is into making things work. I think they, they promote Walking away from things that are not serving you. If it's too hard, I feel like the Zen generation, if it's too hard, they feel like that ain't for you. You need to, that's not serving you. If it's difficult, you need to turn away from that. You don't need to be doing that because it should be a lot easier, you know? So, but anyway, um, thank you so much. Uh, she also bought um, a heart repair candle. I just want to thank you. I appreciate your support. I really, really do. Um, she bought a heart repair candle. Um, I have a new heart repair candle. Um, it's here. It's called truth is love and love is truth. Truth is love and love is truth available now. Um, this candle, uh, is, uh, it's in a gold container. The heart repair candle was in a black container, but this one is in a gold one and the wax is red. The candle wax is red. Um, it was actually inspired, this, this candle, truth is love is, and love is truth, is inspired from a relationship where I, I gave someone truth and they just, they, they had a hard time processing it. They felt like I was a bad person. You know, they just really had me wrong, you know, and they ended up just walking away from the relationship um, later on. And um, I didn't, I wasn't ill, you know, I, I didn't, my intentions was never to, um, hurt them. You know, I was very gentle with my honesty. You know, some people don't have a filter. I had a filter <laughs> when talking to her about things. Um, I don't want to go into 
the truth that I gave to my ex. But, um, you know, I had to encourage myself with this phrase. Truth is love. Love is truth. We should be valuing truth. So the truth is not always easy to hear. The truth does hurt. Um, the truth is transformational, though. There is benefits to, um, you know, hearing the truth. Um, sometimes a person can be gentle with you, um, considering your feelings, and it still will hurt. You know, um, hearing critiques or, you know, someone else's honest opinion about you it's not easy, you know, but that's, we also have to remember that that's their truth. It may not be your truth. You know, somebody might have, you know, something to say about my podcast. They may say, you know what? I hate your podcast. I really don't like your podcast. Um, and that's their truth. <laughs> you know, my truth is I love my podcast and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing episodes you know, and I'm going to keep getting better and better at what I'm doing is my truth, you know? So we have to, you know, know our truth now. So, you know, back to, uh, this, uh, candle. I just also want to say too, that, you know, I'm a Gemini and, um, we rule the house of communication and Gemini's, you know, we just keep it 100% all the time, you know, most of the time I want to say, you know, and that's our problem. We just, we we're, we just come right on out with it sometimes, you know, not that we are, um, we just don't have any, a lot of fear when it comes to telling people what we feel is true, you know, and sometimes it, it hurts people and I never did mean to hurt my ex, you know, if she's listening, you know, I didn't mean to hurt you. Uh, so moving forward, uh, this uh, candle is a scented candle and um, you can use it for aromatherapy. Even after you burn the candle, uh, the, the scent will be potent enough for you to use it for aromatherapy. You can smell it and decrease anxiety and anger, irritation, depression, you know, because certain aromas can change your mood, you know, from uh, negative to positive. So uh, email me at heartrepairpodcast at gmail.com. And um, I'll give you some simple instructions and get that candle out there to you. Now, this is episode 84 and it's called Enteric Brain Decisions, Decisions. The decisions we make today either result in reward or consequence. Um, decisions, uh, as we know, are not always easy to make. Sometimes uh, we don't necessarily know uh, what to do concerning a situation. This is when we have the option to turn to the enteric brain. Uh, I will dive into this in a moment, more about this enteric brain. Uh, I would like to first remind you that you are loved. You are loved. Um, I encourage you to trust yourself. Uh, write down what you want to see happen next year. Um, recognize self-destructive patterns, self-destructive uh, behaviors. In all you're getting, you want to get understanding. Don't be hard on yourself. Uh, you know, take breaks this week. Practice mindfulness and also have no fear. The Bible says uh, 
perfect love cast out all fears. It also says that uh, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and the spirit of a sound mind. And with that being said, let's dive into episode 84, Enteric Brain, Decisions, Decisions. The enteric brain is the enteric nervous system, ENS. The ENS is two thin layers of more than 100 million nerve cells lining your gastrointestinal tract from esophagus to your rectum. This brain is your gut brain. It is the gut feeling that you have about things. The ENS can help you to make decisions. It cannot help you think, but it does communicate um, with your CNS, with your brain. So the, uh, your, your, uh, the brain in your skull, uh, the CNS is your central nervous system. So the ENS and the CNS, they, they are linked and they communicate, you know, with, with each other. So I researched this entire, uh, I said entire, I mean, I researched this enteric brain. And um, they found that uh, people who have IBS, uh, which is irritable uh, bowel syndrome and um, functional uh, bowel problems often develop depression and anxiety. And they think it's a linked, you know, to this gut issue. The things that uh, we put in our stomach can affect our brains. Um, understanding your gut can benefit your mental health. Uh, this is why, you know, many times, you know, if you don't have a bowel movement, sometimes, you know, um, you can get headaches. You know, some people get headaches. Um, also with certain foods, sometimes certain foods can give you a headache. Um, the brain is your gut. Um, uh, well, I'm sorry. The brain is, the brain in your gut is linked to mood, health, and even the way you think. Uh, so now, you know, we know that we have this other brain uh, to help us to make decisions. Uh, one way that we know that we need to make a decision is um, when we notice uh, that we are suffering. So if you notice that you're suffering, um, it's, it's definitely time to make a decision. Your emotions can alert you uh, to the fact that it is time to make a decision. Uh I was in a relationship with someone who was a performer and, um, and right now, you know, we're, we're actually still working on things. You know, I, I want to say, um, I don't feel that, you know, this relationship is over, you know? So if you are listening, I want you to know that I haven't, I'm still on board, you know? So anyway, I'm putting my personal out there today. You know, this is this is what I mean about decision making. It can be difficult. So anyway, um, this relationship that I'm in um, with a performer, uh, you know, she has to spend a lot of hours at the, the uh, theater. You know, she's an actress um, and she spends a lot of time at the theater. She also travels, you know, uh, to other theaters outside of the state and she does shows performing, you know, musicals and, and so forth. And, you know, she's away. And she said to me that um, she felt like in this relationship, I was suffering. 
you know, and, um, you know, it was interesting that she used that word when she used it. She even said to herself, you know, I just keep hearing, you know, that you're suffering, you know, in this relationship. And um, in the moment, I didn't feel like I was suffering. But then I thought about how, you know, I love her and how love does suffer long. You know, love suffers and patience is a virtue. <laughs> so, you know, love suffers long, you know, um, and, you know, this is what love is. And I feel that the person that I'm in a relationship with is worth me being patient, you know, and worth um, me, you know, working on things with her. So um, we talked about this suffering. And if you are suffering in a relationship, you know, it is time for you to make a decision. The decision may be that, uh, you know, there's some other things that you need to do in order to meet your need. You know, I already know that the person I'm in a relationship with, you know, sometimes she's out of town for three weeks, you know, because she's working on something. So she can't give me, you know, face to face in person time when she's out of town, you know. So uh, also when she's in town and she's working on, you know, she's doing uh, three shows, two to three shows per day. You know, um, I have to be able to um, meet my own needs you know, while she's doing her. Now I'm busy myself, you know, you know, I'm an associate marriage and family therapist, um, intensive services. So, um, in my caseload, I don't have, uh, people with, you know, um, I have, I serve people with very, um, you know, I want to say severe, moderate to severe mental health issues, such as, you know, schizophrenia, um, people with psychotic disorders, um, people with, you know, borderline um, personality disorder, um, you know, and so forth, you know, people with major depressive uh, disorder with psychotic features, you know, psychotic features is when you have audible and visual, you know, hallucinations, or you just may have audible, you know, or, or visual. Um, sometimes people have um, delusions when um, they have these psychotic features. So I'm busy as well. You know, she's busy. And, um, actually it does work for me. You know, some of, some of what we go through uh, and I digress, but who cares? <laughs> I'm talking about some things. So, and it may be necessary for me to talk about this. So, um, you know, certain relate certain parts of our relationship actually works for me because I'm not disturbed <laughs> throughout the day when she, cause she's busy too. So we're not disturbing each other. You know, we check in, we talk and, and things like that. So anyway, um, suffering, you know, it is time for you, you know, to definitely make a decision so that you won't be suffering and you can find ways to, um, fulfill yourself. You know, um, you also, it's important to know if a person is really on board too, you know, um, you know, this, this lover, she actually has, uh, I hope she doesn't mind me talking about this, but um, she actually has a, uh, a dismissive avoidance attachment style on top of everything else, you know? So she has a dismissive 
you know, avoidant attachment style. These kinds of people with this attachment style, they don't, they have a fear of emotions. Sometimes they have a, a fear of getting close to people. They don't want to get close to you, really. They want to be apart. They need time apart, you know, and to themselves. They need their space, you know, and so forth. But in this relationship, since, since I'm talking about it, we, we're talking about decisions here, you know, but, and I have to make some, and you do too. We all have decisions that we have to make. So, um, being, you know, in my current, uh, relationship, uh, sometimes takes me back, you know, to a relationship that I was in, in 2018. And, you know, this person was actually breadcrumbing me and breadcrumbing. What that means is it's a person that's just stringing you along. They, they really don't see a future with you. They're just breadcrumbing you. You know, they're giving you just enough to keep you interested in them. They're just giving you just enough to keep you interested, you know? So sometimes, you know, I don't necessarily feel safe in my relationship. And I'm going to do an episode about feeling safe in relationships. You know, um, there are times when you're going to have to reassure, um, you know, your partner, your lover, you need to be okay with, um, validating them with, um, reassuring them, you know? So anyway, uh, back to, uh, decisions, decisions back to, um, you know, this enteric brain, what do you feel? So me personally about my current, uh, uh, relationship, you know, I feel in my gut that, you know, it's not over. It's not time for me to walk away from this relationship. So, uh, anyway, uh, sometimes your emotions can cause you to make unhealthy decisions. Okay. Um, if you're feeling fearful or unsure or, uh, you know, overwhelmed with emotions, uh, it can cause you to quit. It can cause you to shut down. Um, it can cause you to break up with someone who is actually a good person and, and, and you know, may uh, have, you know, they may have been your soulmate. You know, I feel that there are so many people out there that have been with their soulmate. They've actually been with their life partner and they walked away from their life partner. They made a decision, you know, to walk away from their soulmate, you know, with because they didn't know there was something, you know, there was contradiction, there was confusion. Somebody may have gotten in their ear um, and it caused them to walk away from their relationship. Um, we do need help with making decisions. And this enteric brain can help. And I'm going to provide an exercise in a moment um, on how to use this enteric brain. Um, you know, there are, there's, um, you know, so many ways and so many, well, not so many ways, but there, you know, we can use our brain. Now we know we can use our enteric brain to make a decision. Uh, sometimes we have to use common sense. Um, sometimes, you know, we have to uh, gather data and evidence and, 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 and so forth. And even then, even then, as 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 we know, this uh, podcast episode started off with me 
talking to you guys about a story time. I mean, it really looked like Shelby Swain was not going to be performing. <laughs> you know, it looked like she, and I made a decision to leave based off of what I saw and based of what, off of what I heard and what I felt. So, you know, we have to learn how to be patient. I feel that someone needs to be encouraged to be patient concerning, um, you know, a relationship concerning some things, you know, uh, don't be hasty with your decision-making. We don't want to stay in a place of, you know, indecisiveness. That's what we really don't want to do. You know, going back and forth, back and forth about a thing. We have to make a decision. You want to either be hot or you either want to be cold about a matter, um, you know, most times, you know. If you're in between, you know, in this area, you know, of, of, of this gray area, you know, you can you can be there for, you know, a minute, a little while. But then at some point, you got to make a decision, you know, and be have faith in yourself. Have faith in God about your decision making and move forward, you know, forward movement. Um when we make bad decisions, uh, we have to forgive ourselves. We forgive ourselves. Um, and then we, we need to evaluate things, strategize, come up with a plan and move forward. Be confident in ourselves to problem solve, to recover, because you will recover. And what we get out of things is a learning lesson. You know, we learn something valuable to take along the way, something that we didn't know before, you know, um, from the situation. You know, I learned a lot, you know, from, um, you know, this uh, uh, Friday night situation uh, with uh, going, you know, to the show, but but leaving early and missing the show, you know, um, and I'm still going to journal some more and, and dig into it a little bit more about you know, what actually happened, you know, and um, what else can I learn from that? You know, I feel like it was so important what I learned that, you know, just because you feel a certain way, you hear something, you see something does not mean that it's not on and popping. It does not mean that it's not turned up and it's lit, you know, and sometimes it does mean that. It does mean, you know, sometimes you make a decision to leave or you make a certain decision and you right on point with your decision making. So, you know, have no regrets about your decision making. So let's take a breath of a break. And uh, when I come back, I'm going to uh, give you the exercise on how to use your enteric brain. So the first thing you want to do is you want to grab something to write on, a journal, some paper, and keep it near you, okay? Then you want to set your alarm for about three to five minutes. Uh, sit down in a comfortable position. And now you want to locate your enteric brain. It is uh, between your navel and your sternum, which is located at the bottom of your rib cage, uh, just right there in the middle. So you want to take one hand and uh, put it right on, you know, your right there on your your sternum, okay. 
And then the other hand, you want to put it right above your navel. And that is your enteric brain right there. If you lay your hand right there, uh, right above your navel, that's pretty much the area, you know, uh, of, of the location of the enteric brain. You know, what's interesting to me really quick is that, um, you know, I used to be uh, heavy in the church is what I want to say. I used to spend a lot of time in the church and I served in the church. I was an altar worker. I was on the praise team. I was one of the intercessors, you know, so I noticed that as an altar worker, you know, of course, healing would be taking place at the altar, you know, um, uh, you know, many things would take place at the altar. So um, some of the altar workers, uh, sometimes they would either, you know, when they were healing people or supporting people, they would lay hands on a person's stomach. And this, this uh, makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't, they didn't know that they were laying hands on the enteric brain. You know, there's two places where an altar worker or a pastor or, you know, some spiritual leader will lay their hands. They will lay their hands um, on the forehead of a person. You know, that's your brain. You know, that's your CNS, you know, where the central nervous system is located. And so, and they also lay hands on the ENS. And this makes a lot of sense to me, this um, enteric brain, because while I'm sharing this information with you, this is actually new information for me as well you know, and, um, uh, so, you know, we are, um, understanding, you know, something new and the people who, um, are writing and doing research, it's new information for them as well. You know, they're, they're writing about things too. It's, it's new information for them too. So anyway, you want to get in that position, um, put your hand there. And what you want to do is, um, you want to inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth a few times and you want to relax and um, then eventually you want to ask your enteric brain a question and you just sit quietly and listen. You do want to, you, you may want to breathe some more and just listen, feel your body um, in reference to any tingling sensations, you know, any warmth you may feel, um, any, you know, uh, things that you feel in your body, um, and then just listen, write down what you hear, you know, and if you feel that it's a good idea, then maybe you should do it. And if you don't feel like what comes to you, the answer that comes to you about the question you ask is not good, then don't do it, <laughs> you know, and understand that this exercise, uh, this enteric brain, everybody's not practicing this, you know, everybody is not practicing this. Um, it doesn't necessarily work for everybody and you don't want to fully trust, you know, in this enteric brain, you know, we have other things to trust in like God, <laughs> you know, we could trust God, you know, pray, meditate, uh, ask a friend, communicate. There's just ways we can, um, you know, figure out how to make decisions, run something by one of your friends. Hey, let me run this by you real quick. You know, um, what do you feel I should do about this situation? How do you feel about that? You know, so, you know, I ran something by my nephew, you know, not too long ago, about a couple of days ago, I ran something by him. I told him a situation and, um, you know, his answer was basically, 
uh, that's for you to decide. That's for you to decide. <laughs> and he's like, how old is Andrew? Andrew is like, I think he's 18, about to be 19. But he told me, you know, that's for you to decide. So he wasn't really a whole lot of help, but I felt his energy. You know, I felt his energy and I was able to make a decision. So before I let you go, uh, of course, I'm going to pull one of my cards. I want to thank you so much for listening to the end. I think this is the longest episode I've ever done, <laughs> you know? So uh, it's very interesting to me that this is, uh, this episode is like long. So uh, let's pull a card uh, from the Power of Love activation cards. Um, I pulled... Um, Peacefulness, peacefulness. This is a really good card. Oh my God. Peacefulness. Um, you recognize that balance, kindness, and love bring calmness to your soul. I think it's, every time I pull a card, it's just on point for me, you know, because this is what we want. We want to make sound decisions. Sound is peaceful, you know. We want to make peaceful uh, decisions for ourselves. Um, I want to read a little bit of the the um, the card. Uh, it comes with a book. The uh, this um, the Power of Love activation cards. It comes with a book. I'm gonna read a little bit, maybe a paragraph or two of uh, peacefulness. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see, kindness loyalty, uh, ownership, patience, peacefulness should be coming up. Let's see. Present. I can't find it. Okay, here it is right here. So peacefulness. Um, you know, it's a sad irony of life that humans can only appreciate the quality of a peaceful existence by experiencing moments of comparative turmoil and conflict. Just as you most value health after an illness, so do you feel most grateful for peace once you have encountered strife. But discord is something that you can learn uh, to avoid. Lucky is the soul who learns the, this lesson quickly. Confrontation and conflict are not the energy of spirit. Most people in our world are reactors, especially when they are the recipients of any negativity. They align more with an eye for an eye than turn the other cheek. Unfortunately, they don't realize that this is the worst possible response they could mount. A punitive reaction instantly forces the brain into survival mode and hormones and chemicals of self-preservation uh, are released into the body, which attempts to rid itself of the foreign invader who broke through the calm of its normal environment. The intensity takes a toll on the mind and body, eventually bringing about a state of disease or dis-ease. This is why it is 
imperative that you make it a vital part of your daily ritual to return to a state of peaceful bliss and harmony as often as possible. And and that's all I'm going to read. You know, um, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like, you know, it was uh, encouraging. Uh, my glasses I have on, uh, some glasses that, uh, you know, I can barely see out of these glasses. So uh, I hope you were okay with my reading. <laughs> and I don't want to go into why I'm wearing these glasses and da 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 I'm just long-winded today. This episode is long and it is what it is. Thank you again uh, so much for listening. Um, I pray that your 2024 is amazing, uh, that your decision-making is sound and is beneficial to your advantage, uh, that you right on point with your decision-making. Okay. Have a great rest of your week. (laughs) 